welcome to Small Town Radio. With a question mark this time. I am I am your host, Maxim? And that's also a host? Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. No, not today. I'm nope. a what? cowboy today. <laughs> the living room cowboy. The, the, the quarantined cowboy. Quarantine cowboy. Sneeze hall. <laughs> <laughs> this sink ain't big enough for the two of our hands. <laughs> I uh yeah. I'm out in the um uh my my horse of choice is the computer chair. And oh. uh its mane is non-existent. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's a new it's a new type of breed. Um, breed, you know how uh, you get your horses from the stable? Mm-hmm. Well, I got this chair from the staples. Ooh, zing. <laughs> is it a, is it a bucking or a racing horse? Oh, it's a rocking horse. Oh. Oh, wow. Now I'm thinking about how annoying it would be to record a podcast with someone in a rocking chair <laughs> and just all the audio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think today my name is redacted, though. That's what I'm feeling. Oh, okay. Um, for those of you at home who aren't, can't see us right now, uh, he's wearing a ski mask. Am I? Because you want to hide your identity. Name? Well, I think I just, you know, I sound kind of like, um, Tom Haverford when he pretends to be Mark Zuckerberg in Parks and Recreation. Oh, Okay. That sounded like you didn't. That didn't hit. I uh, I will say I've watched Parks and Recreation at least twice, but that specific moment is not hitting. Which I feel bad because I know this happened with The Office several episodes ago. Ago. <laughs> it's it's part of Entertainment Seven Twenty. It's when he's pitching the small town, uh, the the uh, small business owners on his company, and then he gets the hot tub, uh, the the limousine with the hot tub in the back. Okay, <laughs> uh, that that's episode. not the one where he like gets the massive art gallery and fills it with models and stuff, right? No, no. I mean, it's some. It's in that season for sure. <laughs> similar, similar vein. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, what else, what do we got on this show? We got social media, right? Yeah, uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ST Radio Pod, and you can hit us up with any type of town suggestions or anything else, any fan mail at. Uh, you can email us at. Blah. You can email us at smalltownradiopodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. And uh, by the time you're hearing this, uh, we have actually closed our uh, doors to any more goblin gauntlets. Have we, have we so closed it or is today the deadline day? Today's the deadline day. I think. So you I have think by the t- you have like what? Do they have less than 24 hours? I'd say, yeah. We're closing it at the end of the 13th. So if you're hearing this the day of, uh, go and spray paint the side of a building with a goblin as fast as possible. Yes. And. Yep. Yes. And send it to us. And light it on fire. Oh. oh send it to uh, us. <laughs> one of the same. They're both signals one of some of sort. Same. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, we got, we, so far we've gotten some great entries and I honestly cannot wait to start 
uh, putting them up and having people decide which is their favorite. I can't wait for these artists to battle to the death for $100. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of battling to the death, I did watch the entire Hunger Games series recently, and boy... Did seeing that dystopia make me feel a little bit better about ours? <laughs> yeah. Have you actually? I don't know if we talked about this last week, but we wa- I watched a uh, battle royale with my girlfriend. Oh, you did which, mention that. You mentioned yeah. it and described it, and I did not get the reference. You should. I mean, if you if you're willing to watch all of the Hunger Games, you should watch Battle Royale just because it's like the predecessor, and you'll watch it and be like, "Wow, this is way." darker than anything uh jennifer lawrence is in i watch it almost exclusively for jennifer lawrence actually i'm not gonna lie the second time i watched it woody harrelson was a big part and so so was elizabeth banks their characters just made me laugh and then philip seymour hoffman that was that was oh a reminder um, I've only ever seen like the first third of the first movie, so I didn't really get man, into. We are it. batting over three. We are playing. It's like we're trying to volley ping pong with references, and both of us, one of us serves it, and the other person just whiffs spectacularly. Jeez, I know this. Like, truly, this is a podcast for two different types of people. Like. <laughs> I'm like it's like it's like kind of frustrating and the the the, when I joked about it like oh this is just how the podcast goes now I think about it every time it happens I'm like god damn it (laughs) see that's really funny to me because I was literally on a conversation on a phone call the other day with someone they they brought up the podcast and they said that is their favorite part about this podcast oh my god they find it so funny Whoever you are, uh, I hope you're happy. Okay, I'm pinning this on you. Oh, I'm so happy. I love it too. (laughs) It is. It is great. It's it's tough. It's like emotionally hard for me because I'm like, oh man, what are we gonna banter about before we get into towns? And then every time it's just us like swinging a miss, swinging a miss, swinging a miss. (laughs) I'm like those Yankees. Am I right, (laughs) Boston? (laughs) Ooh. It's like if if uh, if you were my dad, you're like, hey, sport, let's go toss around the old pigskin. And then we go in the backyard, you throw the football to me, it goes over my head, and then I have to run and go get it. And I throw it back, except I throw it at your feet, and it bounces weird. And you're like, ah, God damn it. And then we do that for 20 minutes until we're like, all right, you just want to talk about some trivia? <laughs> you know who, who provides the glue, though? Who? Sam, our mailman. Oh, yeah. If anyone catches the football when it rolls into the street, It's Sam. It is. Wow. And And he has a little bit of news today, right? A little bit of mail? Yeah, he actually delivered delivered this little bit of mail that was scribbled hastily in Sharpie on a napkin with a uh, ketchup stain on it. And he was like, here, I do have something for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, Sam, you shouldn't be coming to my house. You should be in quarantine. But he is dutiful, so... Yeah, the ketchup was a little bit startling because, you know, it's probably from the mouth of the person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, you, you know, Sam's got to do what Sam's got to do. Yep. Yep. USPS forever. <laughs> United Sam's Postal Service. <laughs> okay, so uh, this this little piece of listener mail, I actually got this um, 
a while ago, and I forgot to read it on last week's episode, but we mentioned a five-star review from someone that I said was Iowa fan, 70, or Iowa 77 fan. And the person who wrote this review hit me up, and it's actually our good friend, Lucas Arnold. And he hit me up with the message, holy shit, LOL, I just started listening to the most recent episode of ST Radio, and that was my review. LA77 fan, not IA77 fan. My initials, not Iowa, crying laughing emoji. So, thanks for the five-star review, Lucas. Uh, You know we love you, um, and your voice impressions. Uh... Go check them out on um, TikTok. Go definitely get definitely go check out his TikTok. He does some great impressions. Oh, it's just Lucas Arnold. Speaking of TikTok, you know what I did this week? You also made a TikTok. I did. <laughs> Tell us about your TikTok, Connor. My TikTok, my account is clocks only, and I am only posting videos of clocks. And I'm not going to lie, TikTok, like, I'm not getting a lot of views by any standard, but the fact that I'm getting any views at all for posting videos of clocks is mind-blowing. How many views are you getting? I'm getting, like, 500. No shit. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, I think you saw saw my first one, which was literally me just... My phone was at a digital clock, pointing at a digital clock, and it's me in the background just going, any second, any second. And then when the minute changed, I freaked out. And <laughs> then yesterday, what I did was I put, I, I approached a window in my house, and I said, oh, watch this, watch this, watch this. And I was running towards the window, and then um, put down on like a bench by the window was my watch. So I just watch this, watch this. Ooh, it's a watch. Okay, that's pretty clever. Um, are you? Do you want to hear my idea for another another one? Yeah. Okay. So um, it's gonna be two watches, and it's just gonna be me in the background going, "Do you ever watch a watch? Watch another watch." <laughs> and then in the background comes on uh, "Watch Me" that song and goes, "Ooh, watch me, watch me." At the end of it, or you could do the Sting song. I think it's the Sting. Sting or the police, it's like, I always feel like somebody's watching oh, me. Oh, perfect. Um, what else am I going to do? I'm going to do get an, uh, an analog clock and just so go, here, ooh, give me that tick. Ah, give me that talk. Ooh, give me that tick. <laughs> you know what I was thinking is uh, if you, they have like popular audio that gets shared basically as memes. So if you were to use like a popular meme audio and then make it clock based, you could probably draw in even more people. The fact, see, my thought process was um, I, I'd like to try and build my online presence during this time. And, you know, TikTok's a good way, but also I don't really want to be on TikTok. So what's the silliest thing I can do to make me still feel whole inside? And um, clocks only is that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I commend your effort. Man. Just, it's going to be big. I've already I've already started planning out the the micro doc about how clocks only came to be and why why it's taken off the ground. It's going to be a great satire. Okay. All right. Okay. So I was thinking. Okay. So I have you know my joke about uh, crying in my car. Yeah. Like 
when I have that end bit about like sitting on the bench and then the humans in New York guy pops out of the bushes and like tries to interview me and me pretending not to be prepared. I think I'm going to actually write like a whole like script that I have in like a napkin in my pocket that I pull out on stage and like read it because I'm the character I'm playing in that joke is so self-absorbed that like I'm ready to answer these questions. That's what I thought you were doing for real just now. We were like, boy, when someone interviews me about my clocks only TikTok page, I'd like to have a copy paste article that I can send them. <laughs> no, I'm I've already legitimately started planning out a uh, a doc, like a oh, self made documentary about this clocks only page. Is it going to be like a mockumentary type? Yeah, kind of, but I yes, yes and no. I'm going to take it seriously as an artist and a performer, but it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be comedy based. I just I, I think. I can't wait. I think what would be funny is when you explain how it came to be and it's like fairly normal and stuff to add in like a, a interview with like someone that's using like his voice changed and like shadowed out and just like, you know how they do that in like crime documentaries and mm-hmm. stuff <laughs> like have like some really serious portions where people are like, why are they omitting names and dates and places? It's just a TikTok about clocks Man, clocks only on my account. And uh, the real hot debate is in my head. Well, are watches clocks? I feel mm-hmm. like they are, but some could argue that the clock is is a is more of a stable fixture fixture, um, like that would sit on a counter or on the wall or in a grandfather grandfather clock. It'd be funny. It'd be funny to do one where you're like. You're like, all right, TikTok, check out my, I, I just got a uh, brand new grandfather clock in the mail. And then your actual grandfather leans in the room and he goes, it's noon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, um, that's clocks only for you folks. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, what I think is funny is like the last two weeks, this week and last week when we started, did the episode, I was honestly worried. I'm like, what are we going to talk about before we do towns? Because we've just been inside for like weeks i'm like are we just gonna talk about shows we watch i'm glad you started a project that we could banter about a little bit oh i got another (laughs) project i've got like a whole branding thing going that i'm trying to figure out oh i got i got um i'm i'm gonna be releasing um my my survivor um application tape and my mom really wants me to reach out to survivor on twitter because apparently they're looking for more people right now they keep on advertising it during their shows so you know i swear to god connor if you leave this podcast to be on survivor i will never forgive you i feel like that's a challenge at this point challenge (laughs) It, it would honestly be hilarious if like you if we recorded remotely while you were filming <laughs> survivor like on set like on sunday be like okay we got to keep it short this week i have to build a house out of uh cow feces i don't know i've never seen survivor oh my god know, that's our i fourth only know the whiff, gist of it our fourth whiff of references I've, the the only i know the the reference like you have been voted off the island because i say that to people sometimes the jury but, has spoken that's what they say yeah and I, I I I honestly don't know what the challenges are like, but I do know that Survivor has like an ungodly amount of seasons. Like forty, they're on their fortieth season. <laughs> that's crazy. But they do two a year. That's so much. You know, it was a, it was the number one show in America for one year. Do you remember what year it was? It was the earlier two thousands. 
Uh, I, I can't out. remember because American Idol was also America's number one show one year. Oh, I, American Idol, man, that takes me back. I, it's still on. I know, but there was nothing like the original trio. Like I remember watching Paula Abdul <laughs> fucking wasted. Like when I was a kid, like what is wrong with this woman? Yeah. <laughs> and then you remember Sanjaya? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes I think about him. In what way? It just like in like the way that like I remember when he was a national sensation because he was really bad at singing and people kept voting for him. And I'm like, what happens to someone like that? Like that? Like, does that go to their head? Or <laughs> Do you know where they, they end up? On the joke? They end up on Tosh.0. Oh, no. really? No, I just <laughs> Tosh.0 does like celebrities who were. Or like YouTube videos that went viral and like check in on the people who made them. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know he did that. Yeah, not not like a, hey, are you doing okay? More of like, hey, I'm going to make fun of you a little bit. Oh my God, wouldn't that be funny? Like <laughs> a show where you do quarantine check-ins on B-list celebrities to assess their mental health. <laughs> C-list celebrities even. Not even. C-list celebrities are still like people that are still household names. I mean, like, how how easy do you think it would be to get Tay Zonde to do this podcast with us? Chocolate Rain? Oh, definitely not. I bet he get, he probably gets paid for appearance in appearances. Like, you think he's still that popular? I mean, if he has enough demand, yeah. Do you wanna you wanna spearhead that? I I might. I don't know. I might be intimidated by his uh, deep voice coming through the, the headset. <laughs> Small town rain. Do <laughs> uh, you want to get into it? <laughs> Made me cross the county line the other day. Small town rain. Yeah. Yeah, we should get into it. <laughs> Real quick, who, what, what, do you have like a favorite OG YouTube video? Numa Numa is probably up there. Yeah, I'd uh, say it's probably one of the best ones of all time. Yeah, uh, I did a I did a lip sync to that. Right, uh, as we talked street, about. Yes. I still haven't watched it. Yeah, don't. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> That's fine. I remember showing it to some coworkers, and they're like, "Oh, okay." That was their whole we, reaction. We didn't need to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, are we ready? To, I'm ready to ready to rock. Yeah, I'm ready to roll. All right, this week on Small Town Radio, Maxim is coming in hot with a town called Gothic, Colorado. Um, I so, can I tell you, I know way too much about uh Gothic, Gothic, Colorado. No, the font Gothic. Oh, okay. I was like, yo, if you know <laughs> everything about this town, that means our references will be on point. For oh. This- segment <laughs> i'm sorry to get your hopes up uh i don't know my i don't know why the font is called gothic well is it highway gothic is the font we use for this podcast right great font that's the standard font. highway it's font. a good honestly like when you made the the sign and i looked at it i was like that just feels really good in my brain and i think i do just like highway sign font now highway gothic is a legit font yeah, 
Yeah, I've been I've been collecting fonts for uh, my my other projects that I've been working on. It's pretty cool. I'm a I'm a font. I, I'm like um mildly into fonts. I know some people who are really into it and can identify them um, by looking at them, but I'm not. You're a f- not there. you're a bit of a fontosaur. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am the dinosaur. OG dinosaur fonts. Oh. I meant co- like connoisseur, but with font. Oh, I, I meant... Uh, not, clearly not a good enough pun to land. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, my first thought was debut font. And I was like, that doesn't work in this context. But I like that idea of like everyone comes to a fancy ball and then they reveal fonts that have <laughs> are coming out. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So tell me about it. Okay. So Gothic Colorado is located in Gunnison County four miles north of Crested Butte in the West Elk Mountains. So uh, you've been to Colorado before. Have you been to Crested Butte? No, I've not. Yeah, I honestly haven't either. And it's funny because supposedly it's an amazing ski town, mountain town. Um, but they, you'll see like billboards in Denver be like, come ski, beautiful Crested Butte, the best skiing in Colorado. Only four hours from Denver. It's like, okay, you can't really sell yourself only four hours from Denver because everything else is only one hour from Denver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Four hours. I mean, Colorado's really spread out, though. I have been to the Sand Dunes National Park. I don't know where that oh, yeah. is in reference to anything, but that's, that's, uh, a, that's, a, that's a bit of a drive. That's, uh, that's about five hours from Denver, five yeah. and a half. The, that place, the San Luis Valley, is I love it. It's great. It's like a those mountain there, mountains there, the Sangre de Cristo Mountains are so cool because you're just in this flat valley, and then next to you it's just all these 14ers that just shoot out of the ground. It's incredible. Mm. And the sand dunes are. Did you what? Did you go during like the spring when the river is at the sand dunes? No, I was there. Well, very early spring, like this time, two oh, years okay. ago. Yeah, if you go in like June all the snow melt from the mountains runs down in front of the sand dunes and it creates this like super long flat and shallow stream that goes in front of the dunes. So the dunes are really hot, but then you have this like, like one inch deep stream. That's like 50 feet wide that you can just walk as far as you want. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. It's like walking on a beach, except you're in like a desolate <laughs> uh, valley with some massive sand dunes next to you. Yeah, highly recommend. Um, everyone in Colorado should go, and if you haven't been, I don't know why you haven't. Okay. Anyway, so it's it's near this place, Gothic, Colorado, is near Crested Butte. Uh, the population. So this, it's not an fit. I don't think it's an official legal town anymore. Um, it's unincorporated. So I it actually didn't even have a proper Wikipedia page to tell me that detail. So I'll, I'll get I'll get into it and like you'll kind of understand why. Um, so the population is about one hundred and eighty during the summer and there's only one full time resident the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. OK, so and we'll, we'll dig into that. This is a cool one. Um, so fact number one, Gothic was named after Gothic Mountain, which is right next to it. And Gothic Mountain was named because its pinnacles resembled those in Gothic architecture. So when you. Look at it one direction, it just looks like a triangle. You're like, that's just a triangle, a mountain that looks like a mountain. But when you look at it from the side, it has these like almost like buttresses. Like it has like a very cathedral look. Um, 
So Gothic was a thriving silver mining town from 1879 to 1896, which you may recognize from the um, Georgetown episode as the Colorado silver boom years. Oh, yes, uh, yes, yes. So this it was so successful as a silver mining town that President Ulysses S. Grant visited the town in 1880. And no, it wasn't just his son. It was him. <laughs> no, his son was at Phillips Exeter. Yeah, what a nerd. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, so by nine by nineteen forty, so the the Colorado silver boom, the uh, it crashed in eighteen ninety six, and pretty much everyone left. So it was people were filing out year after year, and by nineteen fourteen, the town was deserted by all but one resident, Garwood Judd. Judd stayed alone in Gothic for fifteen years until nineteen twenty eight. That year, Fox Films made a movie about him called The Man Who Stayed. According to the Gunnison County by Dwayne Vanderbush, which is a book, uh, quote, he, Judd, passed on in 1930. In accordance with his wishes, his ashes were scattered around the town. He did leave us with a phrase. Occasionally at gatherings, as the hour is getting late, a knowing local might say, I gotta go. I don't want to be Judd. I mean, stays forever. Uh, no, that dude's dead. This is this is interesting because this town actually has two people who live here by themselves for a certain window of time, during separate times. So that's the first guy who stayed there for fifteen years by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like that phrase, "I gotta go. I don't want to be Judd." Like, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that means. Like, dead or left alone, or just what? like because because he stayed after everybody for 15 years so he was like everyone left and he stayed there alone so it's like if a party is winding down you're like i got i want to i'm gonna go i don't want to be judd because you don't want to just be the only person at this party super late okay that that's kind of the, the i like feel behind I, I really it. like the name of his movie because i like i like things that are named exactly what they are the man who stayed oh mm, right to yeah. the point I was bummed out. I couldn't like usually old, old films like this. You can find on YouTube or just on the Internet. I could not find this one, unfortunately. So I was totally going to watch it. Um, yeah. So this dude dies in 1930. Um, oh, wait. I know what movie you're talking about. You're talking about Castaway. <laughs> it's Castaway set in 19, 1920s uh, Gothic, Colorado. <laughs> There's no Wilson. There's just silver. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wilson is a giant silver nugget. I just imagine them in like in in the the sand dunes out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah, trying pulling the the silver on the sled behind them. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that'd be pretty heavy too. I imagine. Yeah, uh, I don't think I'm geographically in the right area, but that's what I picture. No, you're definitely not in the right area there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this dude was basically the first guy to stay alone there uh, until ni- 1928. Uh, so this is fact number two. Uh, Gothic is home to the Rocky Mountain Biological Ra- Laboratory, R-M-B-L, pronounced Rumble. So in 1928, the same year they made the film about uh Garwood Judd, Gothic was purchased by Dr. John Johnson to establish Rumble. Rumble is a high-altitude biological field station. Research areas include the ecology of the region, climate change, 
pollination bi- biology, and a long-running study of the yellow-bellied marmot. Which, honestly, is kind of rude that they would call that marmot yellow-bellied, because, like, what has the marmot ever done to you that you need to call him a coward? Hey, I... So this 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 place is really like Death Valley Junction, then. It's really... It's not a populated town or anything. It's just a... What was it called? I forget the name of what they call those areas, but more or less... There's just one person there year-round to do research, and then some other people come out and do research sometimes as well, but they don't live there for uh, year-round. Right. Yeah, that's that's kind of what's happened. We'll, like the, that'll kind of be expanded on the next bit here. So the, the laboratory offers courses for undergrad students, including National Science Foundation-funded REU student, and provides support for researchers from university and colleges. Over 1,500 scientific publications have been based on the work from the laboratory, which is currently about 30 to 50 per year. So, basically, during this town, um, where it's located, is only accessible by road in the summer because it snows so much in the winter, you can only ski there. And during the spring and summer, that's when the scientists come in to the laboratory. So, there's about 180, like, you know, about like almost 200 people who will come and stay there during the summer and they all leave after the summer when it starts to snow. And then there's only one part-time or one full-time resident left. So, so you're saying Judd was not dragging the silver in the sands, but more so he was in a, in a dog sled set up with a silver out front. He goes, yeah, yeah, mush boy. (laughs) That's That's probably it. And honestly, I don't know where he would get the dogs. It would be more like a sled pulled by a bunch of yellow-bellied marmots. Well, it's just the silver's his only friend, so the silver is the dog in this scenario. Uh, oh, I see what you yeah, mean. Okay. There's, there's not a lot of tension on the rope, but he's, you know, he's shaking the reins going, yeah, yeah, mush, come on. <laughs> yep, and he's going absolutely nowhere yeah. as the sled sinks <laughs> into three-foot powder. Uh, Judd. So it, it's weird the way this worked out because there was that guy, Judd, who lived there alone for 15 years. Now, like, basically 40 years after he died, there be- there was another dude who ended up living there alone. And he's lived there for the last 45 years. Is he, uh, is so, he the researcher? Or is that uh, not, not related? Uh, it's kind of related. I'm going to get through this fact and I'll expand on the, the pieces that we're missing here. So Gothic is home to, to a man named Billy Barr who spells his name with lowercase b's. He's a well-known hermit, even though he doesn't like that title, an amateur climate scientist. So Billy moved to Gothic in 1972 to take a job as a student researcher at Rumble. Sometime in the mid-70s, Billy began taking a detailed daily climate... began taking detailed daily climate data, such as snowfall, temperature, and the arrival and departure of species in the area. His 40-plus years of climate data have been used in many publications as proof of climate change. So Billy lives in a small cabin year-round where he takes his data, farms plants indoors, and watches movies. Once every few weeks, he skis eight miles each way into Crested Butte, where he's a local legend, to pick up supplies. Um, Yeah, so this guy basically, like, the stuff I didn't write down here, he, he goes to work at this rumble lab. He ends up, like, loving being away from everybody. Like, he kind of realizes that's his, like, jam. 
So he starts to work at Rumble and he's like a student researcher at first. And then he later, because he was the only person who would stay up there year round, he became the unofficial kind of groundskeeper for Mm -hmm. the laboratory during the winter. So he would make sure the pipes didn't freeze and make sure it was all maintained during storms and stuff. And then, yeah, he eventually became an accountant at this place and he works for the laboratory still, but he's lived alone up in uh, Gothic for almost 45 years. And because he's been so bored by just staying inside, he started taking climate data every day and he has notebooks full of like temperature and snowfall like data going as far back as like the, like 1975 or something like that, that he's done every day, every year, even today. Is so is he then the one resident or because he's like a so he's the permanent resident. So there's no one there in the winter other than right. It's just him. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, he he just there's some great videos of him on YouTube. If you look up Billy Barr, B-I-L-L-Y-B-A-R-R, he actually had a he's pretty popular. Um, But yeah, he lives he lives. uh, He goes into town in Crested Butte, which is eight miles each way. And he skis the whole time. And he only goes in there every few weeks to fill up on supplies. Um, But he's like a local legend down there. Like people love him. Uh, He. He's he's just a cool guy. I highly recommend you like look this dude up and uh, like learn about him because he just like he just seems like such a friendly dude. And he started taking this climate data because he was just bored. And then it became a thing where like climate scientists were like, hey, we want to use this data to prove that global warming is real. He's like, wow, I actually like you guys want my data. And he said that when he started the data, even for a long time, he didn't even know about like global warming as a concept. He was just taking climate data just to take it because he was bored. And what he's been finding is that basically snow falls. The first snow falls later in the season there's more snow now but it melts quicker so winters are shorter with more snow and that's his climate data analysis from the whole thing that's that's i yeah i that's odd all around Um, but i also i i don't know i find the idea of a person loving Loving the idea, uh, loving the feeling of being alone, but then be like, you know what? I'm super bored, so I'm going to find a hobby. Like, I just, you know, I feel like typically those kind of go hand in hand where, I, I don't know, I find I, where I'm, where I'm feeling like the best, I'm, I'm not as bored, but to each their own. And maybe this is a know, lesson right? that I should learn that <laughs> it's okay to be bored every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you could definitely learn this of anybody. Um, that is stop true. working, start, stop advancing yourself in your career, Connor. You're making the rest of us upset. Hey, um, follow clocks <laughs> only on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the way I found out about this town and this guy was there was actually a recently published NPR article featuring him called tips from someone with nearly 50 years of social distancing experience. That's so I thought, it sh- I thought during this time I would share some of uh, these tips with our listeners. So you should definitely read this article where he goes into more detail, but it's fun. Um, his number one tip is keep track of something. Like, no shit, honestly. Like, this guy, like, <laughs> did you think he wasn't going to say that? Like, <laughs> keep track. <laughs> what day of the week is it? Ah, good thing I've been keeping track. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he... It, so that's his number one tip. Uh, his second tip is keep a routine, which I think is a very good one that mm-hmm. a lot of us, like, should do. Um, you know, like, get up every morning. He says, like, to, like make like, make tea, go outside, read a newspaper. Just do the same thing every day so you can keep sane. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is one I like that I think is good. Uh, celebrate stuff that matters rather than the stuff you're supposed to celebrate. And basically, apparently this dude has given up birthdays and Christmas and the other holidays. And he says when he, what he celebrates is, uh, January, the, the solstice. No, not the solstice. There's like a, a certain time when the, the sun, I think it's like daylight savings when, the sun comes out earlier. He says he's up so early every morning that when the the daylight savings happens, he celebrates because he gets an extra hour of daylight because he's up at like 4.30. So if the sun comes up at 5.30 instead of 6.30, it matters a lot to him. Hmm. Same thing with uh, when he goes to town for supplies. It's an eight-mile ski each way. So what he says is that after he gets home, from like his supply run, that's when he saves his best food and his favorite movies so he can celebrate the fact that he worked all day to go into town. That's cool. Yeah, so just celebrate little things. I think if you're in quarantine, uh, celebrate the tiny victories that you have. I feel like this is... This is perfect advice for me because I often forget everyone's birthday. So I can just say I'm only celebrating the important things. Sorry, your birthday (laughs) isn't one of them. (laughs) I will only celebrate you if you go on a 20-mile run with me. (laughs) Happy birthday. Here's a list of chores. Complete them with me. (laughs) And I'll celebrate for you. (laughs) No, that is cool. I get the sentiment of it, especially if you're alone. I mean, there's no point. A lot of those celebrations are very communal. Even birthdays, like today, today is my uh, my nephew's birthday. And so we were on a FaceTime with with my siblings. which is just super cool, but it, it's a community event. And if you don't have a community, then what's the point? You're just kind of setting yourself right. up for failure. Right. I honestly thought you were going to say today is my half birthday because no. it's almost your half birthday. April 20th. And I was going to, I was going to roast you so hard for that. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Maxim. I've been on uh cards against humanity's podcast on my half birthday talking about half birthdays. Okay, here's the thing, though. Cards Against Humanity's podcast, isn't that one also called Good News? Um, Are you wondering how my podcast called Good News, a podcast, became successful? Uh, Let me give you a tip. Yes, people did confuse the two podcasts and thought I was Cards Against Humanity's podcast. That's disgusting. For such a light, cheery, and pleasant podcast, and being such an honest guy, I hate you for that. I didn't. <laughs> I I told everyone. I got in touch with them. I got, I reached out to the Cards Against Humanity people, and I passed along the the positive notes that they got uh, that were sent to us accidentally, and like would would respond to their fans, letting them know the mistake. Um, I wasn't. We were. For, we had first move, movers advantage, so they just kind of helped us out. Wow. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. We really should have, we really should have changed, we should change our, the title of our show for a little bit. Yeah. It's something called the Joe Rogan experience or like (laughs) the daily almost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay. Sweet. So I got a couple, just two more tips here. Mm -hmm. 
So tip number four is embrace the grumpiness. He says he lives in a place where there's snow for like nine months of the year, and he likes to complain about the snow for fun. He says that basically you can't always be in a good mood, and it's therapeutic to just like take a shit on stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, this damn snow. He just like he thinks it's fun, which I think is good, especially because we're all locked inside and like kind of trapped right now is like, let yourself be grumpy. Like you don't have to be in tip top shape during times like this. Uh, that reminds me of a joke that I will say at the end that I've started just kind of the, the setup for it, but I will share later. Nice. Cool. And then his last and final thing is apparently this guy's really into movies. He's got a huge DVD collection and he really likes like romantic comedies. Of course. But, and Bollywood. Films. I love you, man. Uh, but number five, (laughs) (laughs) number five is use movies as a mood adjuster. So if you're like feeling sad, watch a cheery animated movie. If you're like feeling angry, watch something else. Like he basically uses movies to control his mood and he only watches his favorite all time movies when he's really down in the dumps or really needs to like celebrate. See? Yeah. I totally get that. Mm hmm. It's it's wild. Like definitely, I'm not, I mean, I was kind of joking about the Hunger Games thing, but uh, the first time I watched the Hunger Games, it really brought me down because I was like, "Wow, the world seems so good." But in that world, I mean, the world on the surface seems really good, but uh, like how even though it's wartime, it's been an active wartime in America for the last two decades almost. People are right. like acting like it wasn't happening. And, you know, like some of those themes got under my skin. But now I'm watching. I'm like, wow, the world is great. We are not doing these atrocious things. We're just getting attacked by viruses. So, <laughs> right. Tone down the atrocities. We're letting nature kill us. Now. <laughs> um, and the final little note onto this is that Billy has a top 357 movie list that can be found online in a Google Sheet format. So you can go and look at his favorite movies and his personal rating of them. Wow. It's a real Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, Gothic Tomatoes. (laughs) So that's Gothic Tomatoes. Um, That's Gothic Colorado and uh, Billy Barr. Definitely look up this guy. There's some great news articles about him or videos on uh, YouTube. Very cool guy. And you think he'd ever go to Monowai? Wouldn't that'd be crazy? Imagine they like meet up and they fall in love. It's a meet cute. Elsie, Elsie and Billy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cute. Uh, sweet. Yeah, thanks. That was cool. I haven't been to Colorado in uh almost two years. And I used to go. I think I went every year for six or seven years. Oh wow! So it's nice to go back. Yeah, Yeah, haven't been since Christmas because I was going to go back, but then coronavirus happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Any, uh, any, any sponsors today? Um, I'm sponsored by my favorite lavender hoodie that I got from H&M years and years ago. And I love it, but they stopped making it. And I want to buy a replacement, but I can't. And it's kind of dirty, but I love it. It's cozy. It's a great color. And my trick with it now is when I record this podcast is I take it off and I put it on my bed and then Pickles will immediately fall asleep on it because he loves sleeping on things that smell like me, which is so cute. No, that's really nice. (laughs) uh... I'll call into into good news. Be like, my cat is sleeping. I'm so happy. (laughs) 
Uh, you can, you should. It's a, it's a call-in show, and it helps me. Save, it saves me a ton of time doing work, honestly. Um, but it's also good. It's listen. You'll hear. Uh, what is it? my podcast? Uh, my my sponsor. What is your my sponsor? sponsor? My sponsor is yeah, uh, mouth noises. You know, um, I'm I make them from time to time, and uh, it's mostly to fill them. Um, the silence, kind of like Obama, but um, uh, not presidential, you know. Oh my gosh, you you actually do kind of talk like Obama. It's but just like, the droning in the middle, it. none of the substance. Right. Just, <laughs> you, you sorry, you you um like Obama. Uh yeah, <laughs> uh, folks. Uh yeah, that's that's who it is. Fill in space with mouth. Yeah, fill in space with mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the name of my uh, acapella album. <laughs> fill in space with mouth. <laughs> oh yeah, you um, you got a space to fill? Uh, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite mouth noise. If you're wondering, is sitting down when I go. Ugh. Let me sit down real quick. It's pretty good. It's pretty Minus good. The fact that my headphones start banging all over my mic. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it, but my chair is actually super squeaky. So, you know, my my chair is too. I've been sitting very still this whole time to not squeak. Yeah. Well, next week I should have because uh, we know now on this podcast I left my camera in New York, but we've tried filming. Next week, hopefully, I have something that'll help my phone do a better job uh, of recording. So that's the other. Yeah. Is it a funny host? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm sorry. Shots that was, fired. That was mean. That was uh, me. <laughs> you see how, folks, folks at home, just just take this note really quick. You see how you win an argument is you make the other person feel bad for a good joke. That's how you win. <laughs> oh man, that really hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. Yeah, you better be. Can't be that funny around me. <laughs> I'm just upset that Good News a podcast gets like eight times the amount of listeners that this does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I um, one day, one day, it's a, one it's day a different, this will be big different town radio, different uh, different types of podcasts, totally different for sure. Um, but yeah, are we ready? Are you ready for where we're going? Bring it on! All right, Bane, we got uh, did that reference it? No, Bane from Batman. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. I thought you said Bang. I was like, <laughs> what? No, that would be like, bring it on, Batman. <laughs> well, I think we haven't been. Have we, we've been to Tennessee, I think, for a lightning round, but I don't think we've been there for an episode, right? I don't think so. I think you're right. I think it was just a lightning round. So today we're going to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Oh, I know this town name, and I feel like there's a fact I know about it, but I can't recall it. You're, you're probably going to say it. I'm going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think I know which fact you're talking about. Um, well, Gatlinburg uh, is in eastern Tennessee. Yes, 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 indeed. It is in eastern 
Tennessee, and it is located 39 miles or 63 kilometers for our metric listeners southeast of Knoxville. Okay. Population 3,944 at the 2010 census and an estimated 4,144 in 2018. Okay. That's a pretty decent size one. I mean, it's no gothic or mono wide. No, no. I mean, no small town <laughs> award for me. But uh, fact number one, Gatlinburg, Tennessee is a city. Right? That's your fact number one. Isn't that sad? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll continue. Prior okay. to incorporation, the town was known as White Oak Flats or simply White Oak. Uh, so from here on out, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, will be known as White Oak, or the town formerly known as the city of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. If, hang on, hang on. So it was Gatlinburg, now it's White Oak, or is that the other no, way No, no, it's the other way around. I am okay. saying I am omnipotent on this podcast, and no way will I refer to Gatlinburg as a city. I will refer to it only as... In its town form. <laughs> nice. This is I'm I'm all about this. I feel like this is us spiraling out of control and going power hungry. We this I'm practicing for our our um, monarchy when we get our small town. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy when we have our uh, first annual goblin fest and we make everyone at the party bow to us. <laughs> I just like how we're gonna change the name of our town every week to whatever we feel like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, this strikes my fancy. Well, okay. So, uh, uh, I found the town formerly known as the city of Gatlinburg, Tennessee, uh, in in the old fashioned way. I googled <laughs> funnest small towns in America. Classic. <laughs> which, classic. <move. laughs> uh, this led me to an article titled "10 Coolest Small Towns in America in 2018." Uh, in which uh, uh, it was on um, budgettravel.com. That's who put it out. Um, and Tennessee uh, and White Oaks, or the city, the town formerly known as the city of Gatlinburg, Tennessee, is ranked number three by budgettravel.com in this article. Uh, and to quote the article aforementioned, I don't know if that's the right way to say that. Um, uh, if you've, if you've, I don't know what this word means. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Sometimes I just use it because it sounds cool. Um, if you've, so to quote the the, the article, uh, it says, if you visited great visited Great Smoky Mountains National Park, you may already be familiar with ga- uh, the beep beep. Uh, it is the gateway to the Smokies. Uh, okay. For. Uh, the gateway to the Smokies for its uh, ample affordable lodging. But we feel it's time to celebrate White Oaks uh, for being a truly awesome small town in its own right with a huge variety of activities for families. This town openly embraces its mountains, uh, mountain heritage and culture with classic Southern comfort food, unique shops, galleries, music, and an over a welcoming vibe we adore explore musical legacy of local legend dolly parton at nearby dollywood which is 9.8 miles north 15.7 kilometers for metric listeners um that's the fact right well uh to continue drive into classic family friendly summer vacation activities like go-karts mini golf and horseback riding 
and enjoy a variety of museum experiences from the, yes, touristy Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum all the way to the somewhat unexpected Titanic Museum. Ooh. So this town, remember, this town has about 4,000 people, and it seems to have 4,000 attractions. That's crazy. I the The fact that I was familiar with, the reason I know Gatlinburg is because of Dolly World. Oh, oh, I well, I pardon. I thought it was a different thing that uh, I will explain. Um, okay. So, so to note, uh, I, I mentioned the the Titanic Museum, but it's important to know that that museum is actually in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which is about ten, a ten minute drive from Gatlin. So it's not there. But oh my goodness, I looked up the museum. So many. Com- uh, comedic opportunities it is uh, yeah well, uh, some other time oh my goodness it is fantastic like i'll just give you a little taste there's a part in this museum which is built kind of like a ship where you can go to where there's a hole in the hull of the ship and touch the iceberg <laughs> like, <laughs> there's an exhibit where water starts pouring down the stairs like people like go through the whole experience of the Titanic drowning, more or less. Oh my gosh! This it's, and okay, looking it up. This the the museum is is shaped like the Titanic. Oh yeah, it's it's well, it's this. Is, all right, we're, we're get a little bit because it's not uh, in the town formerly known as the city of Gatlinburg. But oh my <laughs> goodness, check it out! Just uh, so many, so many good things. Um, but if you go to the town website uh, at gatlinburg.com slash attractions slash to do slash family slash uh, more of the world of White Oaks opens up. On the website, oh it says, gosh. if you're looking for family fun, there's no place better than Gatlinburg. Take the whole family to the slopes of Ober Gatlinburg, which is what I thought you, were, you would know. Uh, the only combined ski resort and amusement park in Tennessee. Or check out our aquarium, water park, ropes course, zip lines, museums, and many other fun Gatlinburg attractions. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's <laughs> there's so much going on. There's there's an aquarium in Tennessee uh, in, in a town with 4,000 people. And it looks like a pretty sizable aquarium. It, yeah, it's nuts. So uh, wow, they they really have just so much in this town. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I I know I said I would not refer to it as a bleep, but you know, um, if you're gonna make a small area into a bleep, this is how you would do it. Yeah, like there's no this is this is the only exception. I want to say, uh, tiny towns in North Dakota, take note. <laughs> Uh, if you want to bring people to your town, you need 1,000 activities. At Typically, you need you need uh, five activities per resident. <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, getting an aquarium in North Dakota would be the number one thing on the list. Because <laughs> you're <laughs> so close to the ocean. Oh, man. Yeah, so... Uh, if we go now, another fact, if we move back in time, though, it gets a little bit interesting. Um, so White Oaks was once the home of the Cherokee hunters, uh, which is the Cherokee, like the hunters of the Cherokee 
nation. And uh, moving forward in time, the first European settlers were members of the Ogle family in the early 1800s. And uh, in 1856, a post office was established in the general store of uh, the person, Radford Gatlin. Uh, which, oh, that was going to be Sam. Damn. Yeah. I just, just Sam? Just Sam. <laughs> of Sam, <laughs> our, our mailman. <laughs> I claim this land for the United States Post Office. <laughs> well, uh, Radford Gatlin was the guy who the town uh, was named after. And uh, fun fact about Radford, um, despite the town bearing his name, uh, what was it? Uh, Gatlin himself was known for bickering with his neighbors. Uh, And by 1857, and he didn't arrive in town until 1854, a full-blown feud had erupted between the Gatlins and the Ogles, the people who initially moved to the town, um, probably over Gatlin's attempts to divert the town's main road. And you think, well, who's the hero in this situation? Um, I will paint the picture for you that I think would make it pretty obvious. Uh, the eve of the U.S. Civil War found Gatlin, who became a Confederate sympathizer, at odds with the residents of the Flats, who were mostly pro-Union, and was forced oh. out in 1859. So the, the town is named after a guy that got forced out because he was a total douche. Yeah, more or less. Like, he was already arguing with neighbors before that. And so I feel like I just made a case to rename this bleep into a town. I think you made a very compelling case. I think uh, I, if you want to vote me mayor of your town, sure, I'll take it. That's fine. Uh, if you want to name it Kfirchenberg, hey, sure. You want little old Connor as your mayor? <laughs> oh my goodness. We're <laughs> welcome to Kfirchenberg, home of the silly little boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's your high school football team, the silly little boys. <laughs> who are you playing today? Oh, Gatlinburg. What? <laughs> Going from that to who are you playing today? Oh, Silly little boys. <laughs> Silly little boy high. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, then if adding on to that piece of history, in the early 1900s, there was excessive logging in the area. So when the federal government opened up the possibility of purchasing land for a national park, some people in the area really were on board with that. Um, and that, that project started around 1912. Um Wait, wait, wait. No, no, I'm, I'm checking. Some people, there, yeah, took up the task. No, no, no. Some people took up the task. And in 1912, uh, Gatlinburg was a small hamlet with six houses, a blacksmith shop, a general store, a Baptist church, and a greater community of about 600 individuals. Um, but then in 1934, the first year the park was open, the National Park, an estimated 40,000 visitors passed through the city. And within a year, this number had increased exponentially to 500,000. Wait, say that again? Holy shit. So in 1912, Gatlinburg had about 600 individuals in the community. Mm -hmm. In 1934, 22 years later, when the National Park first opened, the town uh, saw about an estimated 40,000 visitors. 
mm-hmm. then a year later, so 23 years after having about 600 people in this community, uh, the amount the amount of visitors this town attracted was 500,000. Oh my gosh, that's insane. What do they do with the, all, all these people? I don't I mean that's probably why it's a resort town today. I was reading online that they're still they still have um issues with capacity. Wow. So, I mean, I don't the other thing that I don't get is there's still only four about 4,000 people who live in this this place. In in White Oaks, what we call White Oaks. But I'm guessing if 500,000 <laughs> people were coming um, in 1935, I'm guessing the number's a little bit bigger, at least. Yeah. Wow. I, that's so many people. Yeah, I mean, the, the strain on the, the town itself has got to be immense. With all the resources and everything there, but... Um, yeah. They're like, Where, there's no toilet paper left anywhere. <laughs> Man, the toilet... Oh, don't get me started on the toilet paper thing. That's the thing that that gets me... Uh, about this whole uh, pandemic. I get that no one wants to be without. I understand that. But uh, like you increase your number of movements in a day, bowel movements in a day, by like three or four at home because you're not at work. Mm-hmm. So you're not exponentially using more pa- uh, toilet paper. It's not like it I... gets used that much faster. But the fact that you now see people making YouTube videos where they're stacking them in their doorway, like five yep. by 15 high and jumping over them, like, there's no way you're going to be using all of those. You're now making right, toys exactly. out of a scared resource, so. But, towns, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you might be thinking, well, how do we entrench White Oaks uh, in our small town trope. Mm-hmm. Well, on the night of July 14th, 1992, Gatlinburg gained national attention when a, an entire city block burned to the ground due to faulty wiring in a light fixture. fixture. So, um, uh, you know, fires is one of our tropes in these towns, but... Uh, oh yeah, they all burn down all the time. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like 1992 is like kind of, you know, it's too recent to make light of because you think mm-hmm. there's more advances. Well, um, that's going to make the fire in 2016 be way too soon. Um, oh my gosh. So starting in the Smoky Mountains uh, National Park at uh, at Chimney Tops, which is a great, great name for a place in a national park. Uh, a moderately contained wildfire was compounded by very strong winds with gusts recorded up to 87 miles per hour and extremely di- dry conditions uh, due to drought, causing it to spread into Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Pittman Center, and other nearby areas. And the governor forced mass evacuations. The National Guard was called in. Um, and then most of most of like the resort area of of the the town formerly known as the city of Gatlinburg <laughs> uh, was preserved, but there were uh, there was about five hundred million dollars worth of damage that this fire caused, and some lives were lost. Um, oh my gosh! And like houses were burnt down. So yeah, I mean it's part of the trope, but it, it's too soon. Definitely too soon. Too soon to make light of. Um, one last thing to note in the fire. 
um, the initial fire. It was the 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 White Oaks or the the city the the town formerly known as the city of Gatlinburg. Um, did not the fire did not burn down the Space Needle. Ooh, they have a Space Needle. The Gatlinburg, <laughs> the Gatlinburg Space Needle provides a 360 degree view of the Smoky Mountains from its 407 foot observation tower. That's wow. yeah. the The uh, attraction includes glass elevators, educational exhibits of the history of White Oaks. Uh, you know, that's what I. Uh, a two-story <laughs> arcade and unique shows and performances at the Iris Theater. So they have so much going on. <laughs> there are four thousand people that live in the place with four thousand activities, at least bare minimum. It's, it's almost like too much. They have they have like, more things. They have a Guinness uh, World Record Museum as well. There, it's like they have yeah. They have wow. so much. It's like this This quarantine must be affecting them the most because they have a million things to do. They've probably never even seen the inside of their own houses. I mean, I've every website I went to to check on the the attractions that they have in the town were like closed due to pandemic. The Titanic, mm-hmm. the Titanic, which sank, is closed due to the, the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's... That is um that is White Oaks or the town formerly known as the city of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. <laughs> wow, thank you. And I want to say, like, looking at the if you look at pictures of Gatlinburg Space Needle, mm-hmm. it makes the whole town look like an amusement park. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's I like I said earlier, if we're gonna make an exception and make a small place with a, a small number, less than 5,000 residents into a city. This is like, you need to go one step beyond this. I'd say this is still a town. You need to go above and beyond an aquarium in Eastern Tennessee. Yeah. These people went way above and beyond. It's nuts. Ski resort and amusement park. Interesting idea to combine those two. That's that is what I thought you would know because you're you're a ski boy. No, that's a, I looked up the the mountain the map of the mountain. It, it's way too small for any skiers to like legitimately go there. I think. Yeah, is there are there other skiing areas nearby? Uh, I I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with skiing in the south, but um, most skiers are in like the northeast mm-hmm. or just the west anywhere in the west it's not really much in the southeast or the south proper yeah yeah well uh tennessee did us proud wow yeah they did i honestly wouldn't be upset if you just did uh like three dolly parton facts (laughs) (laughs) i that's what i thought uh initially at first but it seems like there's a million not a million there there are a number of small towns around here that could be very very interesting Ooh, you hit like a little gold mine yeah i mean i i'd found a place uh two weeks ago too that i was really interested in in um south carolina but you know this just this just had more um brock to it 
more Brock. This was a it was a good one. This was a Brockier uh, town. I got Brock with uh, your town, bro. Yeah. We well, all right. You wanna you wanna tell us a joke to get us out of here? Yeah. So oh, what was that one? Um, so the setup to the joke that I alluded to before was um, some people some people try to help you when you're sad. And isn't that real shitty of them? That's the setup. That's all set up. Oh, it's just a setup with no punchline. There's no punchline yet. There's uh, okay. if I had the notebook, let me see if I can. I'm going to go into my head. I'll, I'll start again from the beginning. Uh, some some people try to help you when you're sad. Isn't that real shitty of them? Like if you're sad, truly sad, it's important to, to feel that. If someone comes up and is like, uh, hey, man, I uh, heard your grandmother passed away. Want to go to Disneyland? I'd be like, whoa, nothing says I'm now happy again like going to Disney World where college graduates make $15 an hour to pretend like they're in the happiest place on earth. <laughs> that's 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 the uh, the joke more or less I think of... I could- I like, I like, I feel like I would combine both of them to be like the worst place. Like if you're sad, the worst place you could work would be Disneyland. I've, I mean, I've know people that work, uh, at Disney and you know, you hear the pros and cons of it, but yeah, I mean, you literally, Disney literally has college graduates, people with like masters that are working there for $15 an hour because that's kind of the rate of pay. It's such a, like a big company. Um, so yeah, I, there's plenty there to work on with it. And it goes on longer to, there's an extended metaphor of, uh, happiness is like, a like an open wound. You don't want to poke at it. And then when it's scar, when it's scabbing up, you don't want to pick at it. Cause that's how it leaves scars. It's really, um, it's really a, th- a, a piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know when I'm sad, I just, I'm like, I'm going to listen to sad music. I'm not like, even though I know I'm fully emotionally capable of pulling myself out of being sad and feeling in into feeling better. Sometimes you just got to wallow in it. It's, you know, I think it's really, I think it, for me, my, my belief is you can do more damage trying to be pulled out of it. Like you can damage mm -hmm. friendships, damage connections you have with people. If you're not ready to feel better. Um, and meeting people where they're at is so important. And that's what, that's like the whole premise of like, People think they're trying to be really nice and help you out, but they just kind of being being shitty because they sometimes they just don't want to be around a bummer too, you know. But right, everyone needs to this. Play this took a dark turn at the end. You're like, I'm going to tell a joke, and then here we are talking about mental health. <laughs> um, not going to lie, I was very depressed today. I wrote it. I was like, couldn't get out of bed pretty much. Um, but I think I don't know. You got to find the the bright side and those opportunities and be able to explain it in ways that people understand and can kind of joke about when the time's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So small town listeners, if you're feeling sad or depressed, just remember we're always here for you. So go back and restart (laughs) the series from episode one. (laughs) Just, just imagine that we are sad with you. (laughs) Yeah. We're sad with you. Please leave us a five star review. (laughs) And if you're really happy, you know, we can, it's, it's up to interpretation. 
Yeah, you should uh, honestly, the, the thing that will make you feel better and that is perfectly healthy and normal to do is to share this podcast with all of your friends and family. <laughs> and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And what was that? I feel like, you know, Instagram's really, really helpful too. Yeah, I mean, subscribe to all of it at <laughs> ST Radio Pod. Uh, actually, you know what? If you're feeling down, send us fan mail. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely a line somewhere that we're walking and I can't quite navigate, right? <laughs> Listen, the United Sam's Postal Service would love to deliver some fan mail to us and he will probably cheer you up. Hopefully. Well, if you want to be cheered up, if you just want to sit there and have someone talk at you, you know, that's what we do. Yeah, we talk at you. Uh, through through, so, yeah. through podcasts. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. This has been Small Town Radio. Yes. Yes. <laughs> thank okay. you for listening. Do your part. Self-isolate, quarantine, social distance, all of that. So important. So, so important. And, um, you know, you can just make mouth noises. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bye. Bye.